if Marvel has taught us anything, if Halloween has taught us anything, it's that there are multiple dimensions out there, multiple timelines out there. And I'm sure in one of those timelines, Fear.com is a decent movie. And there is probably a timeline out there where Leslie Vernon is a terrible movie. <laughs> also, to be fair, there's a, probably another timeline where Leslie Vernon gets the appreciation it deserves, too. That is true. So, and I also believe that in those timelines, me and Dave are responsible for pumping out those movies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's a timeline in which I'm hailed as the guy who saved an otherwise terrible movie, and Dave is known as the guy who completely fucked up a really good concept for a movie. Exactly. So <laughs> so, so we complain a lot on this show about movies, <laughs> but Chris and Dave, I hear no one asking, how would you improve it? So well, we're gonna, we got ideas. We have ideas, and this is very much a test out episode to see it to see to see kind of how it is because this all came about because which it's funny because when last time i looked at the list of uh reviews when i came up with this idea fear.com was our number one most watched review yes conversely leslie vernon the rise of leslie vernon behind the mask is our least watched episode and that is baffling to me yeah, because we absolutely loved Leslie Vernon while we hated Fear.com. So, k- kind of like in the same vein as our rewrite, rewrite episode from season one or season two, I don't remember when we introduced that, we thought we would take a good movie and Dave will try to sabotage it and I will take a bad movie fear.com and say what i think could have made it better could have saved it so let's go ahead and get this knocked out why don't you go ahead and get us started with this dave you had leslie vernon great movie i think that's one of our higher rated movies that we reviewed yeah classic doesn't get the respect it deserves but you know what it maybe it's fine like that it it stays as a nice little treat for those who know about it yeah yeah so how would i just how would I absolutely sabotage this movie? So how about like with these, we do some stipulations here. So okay. you have complete creative control now over Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Um, okay. The we Some things have to stay the same or else you would just be pitching an entirely different movie. Yeah. So uh, just with that in mind, go ahead. Okay. The very first thing I would do You're trying to is I would take us. that uh, $250,000 budget have, and I'm just going to pump that up. We are talking a mega movie budget now. Uh, oh, so we have enough movie for effects now. Yes. Maybe some CG. Some CG. You would think so. No. We are throwing it into high-paid celebrities that don't fit at all. Okay. When did this movie come out? Uh, 2006. So I looked into like some top yeah, who's the big celebrities of the day? Who's the Dwayne Johnsons of that yeah. year? Yeah, so Leslie Vernon is going to be played by Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yes. I actually really like Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Me too, but he he wouldn't fit the tone. I, he, he hasn't really, uh, well, at the time, when you think him and horror, the only thing you think about is the terrible Psycho remake. Yeah, and then Taylor, our main girl... Yes. She's going to be played by Anne Hathaway. (laughs) See, both of these, like I said, I really like. But the whole point is that instead of it being a nice low-budget cult uh, movie with, like, celebrities that horror fans would know, it's like, let's get the big celebrities in here. Big-name celebrities that are coming for a paycheck. Don't care about the product. 
Don't care about the project. So they can just sleepwalk through the project. Yes. And also, the Dr. Loomis character mm-hmm. is going to be played by Luke Wilson. Not Owen Wilson, which is who you usually see with Vince Vaughn. Exactly. I went with Luke Wilson. I was like, there might be a little too much chemistry between Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. That's Don't actually, watch that. That's actually genius <laughs> because Luke you would Wilson. think, you're like, yeah, but he would have... Why wouldn't you get Owen Wilson? Because he has way more chemistry with Owen Wilson. He doesn't hang out with the Luke Wilson brother. <laughs> he, yeah. That would probably frustrate some people. <laughs> yep. All right. I like these. And it's going to be directed by the one, the only, William Malone, William... director of freer.com. Oh, you get. Oh. <laughs> Did you look into other stuff that he might have directed? Absolutely not. I saw freer.com. I've seen enough. All right. Like, that's. Hey, this guy is is perfectly qualified for what I'm trying to put together. Yeah, he is going to lock this film up. So the whole mockumentary style of the movie, mm-hmm. that is great and why we love it. We're getting rid of that. Oh, so it's not it's not going to be like found footagey. No, it is going to be a serious film. Instead of like a journalist following a wannabe serial killer, Anne Hathaway is going to be a psych major looking into serial killer Vince Vaughn. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be kind of the relationship and we're going to have that serious overtone, like, oh, anyone can become a killer, but we're not going to be subtle with that message at all. It's going to be very much in your face. Of anybody can be a killer? Yeah. Is it going to be a lot of the uh, person that, like verbally saying out loud, like, who's the real monster here? Yeah. A lot of in talk on, you know, I'm just a regular guy. I just sometimes like to kill people. And you said this is played completely straight face. No kind of humor. No wit. No humor about it. This is a super serious, dark movie. And it's going to be PG-13, though. So very limited on the blood. So basically, it would be a bloodless slasher movie. Yes. Does it sound good yet? Oh, this sounds perfect. Well, how, how else? Uh, so, But hold on. I'm, William Malone's going to get a little artsy on us because little blood we get is going to be anytime Vince Vaughn kills somebody, mm-hmm. it's going to transition from color to black and white, except for the blood will still be in red. Oh, he's trying to be like Sin City. Yeah, he's going artsy on us, though. Just, like, out of nowhere, just in the middle of the movie? It just Yeah, anytime there's a kill happening, it's going to go to black and white. So so we have a big-budget, bloodless slasher movie with a comedian in the lead role and all the humor taken out, and it's shot in an artsy style, kind of like something that maybe Robert Eggers would do. Yes. But without the quality of a Robert Eggers <laughs> uh, behind yeah, the camera William Malone really just doesn't know what he's doing but he he thinks he does he's gonna be like oh this is gonna be so good so I'm still gonna end the movie with him in this farmhouse killing teenagers killing everybody mm-hmm. except <laughs> for he's actually gonna kill Anne Hathaway yeah and then I'm gonna introduce you to our real final girl which is gonna be some random girl mm-hmm. that had one line in the movie up to that point and we thought she died but no she's alive honestly who we get player doesn't matter she has like three lines in the movie but that's our girl so uh, is, is it still the same thing of uh, a bunch of people come to party at a uh yeah you got the teenagers coming to the house and hathaway figures it out tries to warn them vince Vaughn starts you know going on his kill streak and you said that Anne hathaway was a psych major yeah and i guess what is she doing this for her like dissertation or something 
Yeah, she, that's why she was studying into like these town murders, which led her into Vince Vaughn and all I think, this. I think that you, I, I, yeah, I think you tackled this assignment perfectly because a- after you saying all that, I'm just left feeling bored. Yes. Feels like feels like any other like slash movie that thinks it's deeper than it is that you would see come out like that we see every year. Yes, like when you have a slasher movie, it's hard to ruin because it's it's slasher movie. It's pretty easy to make it at least mildly entertaining. Yeah, I mean the thing with slasher movies is like all right. Even if your story is weak, you can have people like it. If maybe you have some creative kills. Or some likable people. Yeah. As long as you don't overthink it, Mm -hmm. like David Gordon Green did with Halloween Ends, Mm -hmm. you could make a pretty decent slasher movie. That's why even like even if you take even uh, Halloween uh, Resurrection, right, which yeah. is like the notoriously like arguably the worst of them. Yeah, it still has its fans. Yeah, it still has its fan, and it's it's turned into something that's just kind of it's just quotable. Yeah, so it's like it turned into so you have a movie like that that is considered by many the worst, but it's popular. Yours just no matter how star started the cast just turned in a boring boring story yeah something that people would think oh you're like yeah that was boring they're like no you just don't get it you don't understand no it's just bad movie uh made by somebody who thinks that they're making an a24 movie yeah, before like A twenty four is really a thing, but yeah, I was gonna start mentioning like Hereditary and stuff like that. I was like, you know, I've picked on Hereditary and Lighthouse enough. With, with, uh, we pick on those a lot, but yeah. So I like it. Just I'm just gonna leave that one alone. But yeah. yes, perfect. Yeah, and by the way, all the kills are just gonna be off screen, s- <laughs> off screen or a single stab to the gut, and with the with the uh, black and white filter and the red. Yeah, uh, blood coming out. Yep, I think it's a ten out of ten movie. I mean, it's gonna be the next biggest blockbuster ever. Give me and my maybe, gold maybe if they did that, uh, Leslie Vernon would be more appreciated than it is. It'd be more mainstream, and everybody knows that if it's mainstream, it's good. Yeah. Okay. Now Conversely, that, that watch that that's this how the Leslie Vernon remake is gonna be made. Get on it, Hollywood. Oh man. Yeah. Conversely, you get a tough one. Fear dot. You know, much like with the slasher, it's. It's it wouldn't be a hard fix. All right, so you know when when you were mentioning your stuff, I wasn't even thinking about directors. I was thinking more yeah. story stuff. But as I as I was listening to you talk, I was like, all right, you know, for some reason in my head, let's just start from the ground up here. Who are we gonna get to direct this? See, I did that because I thought you know the concept of Leslie Vernon. Mm-hmm. super interesting, but also you mess with one or two things, it, it throws everything off. Yes. Because it is a very unusual concept. Yeah, it, it is weird how, like, if you just change a few things, it can either make or break something. Yeah. So for this one, we're getting rid of the director. All right. You can have him. You can have him to do your to do yeah, your I, uh, Leslie Vernon movie. He's, he's busy. He's over here doing Leslie Vernon, yeah. Meanwhile, I'll be over here. I'm going to call up Steve Beck and have him direct this. Steve Beck, okay. You know Steve Beck. What, what has he done? You're, he directed your favorite movie, your favorite horror movie out there. My favorite horror movie? 13 Ghosts. Oh, okay. He also did Ghost Ship. Oh, now, so he's a hit or miss director. Now, now I think he's kind of perfect for this, though, because okay. 13 Ghosts, I mean, both of those are not fresh, like on the old Rotten Tomato meter, but it has its fans. Yeah. And 
Ghost Ship, while a bad movie, gave us one of the most iconic deaths that we reviewed. The best opening of a horror movie of all time. So I want to get this guy. So that had some interesting visuals. So he knows how to work with ghosts. Yeah. He does ghost movies. And even the designs of... If he could take the designs that he did for like 13 ghosts and incorporate that into the fear.com thing when they were trying to make it like all look at all this disturbing imagery. Yeah, I think it'd be more effective. Okay, so he's not the best director, but for this particular project, I think that it would kind of work well. Yeah, with like ghosts and their like effects, he's very good with the cinematography with that. He's in his element, and even if the movie turned out not to be great, it would still garner probably a cult following, much like 13 Ghosts and whatnot. So Steve's over here helping us out. All right. And the only actor I would change would be the detective. I don't know, for some reason, I would just, I would get Sean Patrick Flannery for him. Okay. I don't know why, it's not that that much of a difference. Detective was probably the, probably the one I liked the most out of, uh. I'm not saying any bad, I don't know. I think it's maybe because I have Boondock Saints on the mind. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But I mean, even that, you don't even need to. The, I don't necessarily, well, we'll get to that in a minute, but keep the main, either Sean Patrick Flannery, who kind of looks like him anyway, and he kind of has that kind of detective look. Um, Yeah, okay. So either that or just keep the dude. Now, fundamentally, in a horror movie, a horror movie, a good portion of the time is only as good as its villain. Get a better bad guy. That was <laughs> that was highlighted, uh, starred, and exclamation point on my list. Get Make a better bad guy. Okay, so what's your idea for the Sphere.com's bad guy? Don't have one. <laughs> like, like, well, either don't have this bad guy because there are, or, or if there is a bad guy, no, you know, how about this? Keep the bad guy. Fire, fire, fire the guy who they had it. You know who you get? Andrew Devolve. Okay. Get the uh, gin in here. Get Wishmaster in here. Have right. that actor, you know, take away all the makeup and stuff like that. He still has that menacing look. Oh, yeah. I'd get him, and I, w- I would get rid of all that trash, like, monologue dialogue. Good God. They thought they had something special with that dialogue, and they didn't. They were trying to make a killer who is just very scientific, kind of, in the way he kills people. So he's just very like, yes. I am going to kill you, and I am going to do this, and I will do, like, like meticulous, but it just came yeah. off like, oh my good God, dude. It was like they were trying so hard to be edgy that, yeah. um, that it just made them laughable. But not in a good way, no. Because this movie is struggling between two bad guys. It wants to have the evil little girl, like the Samara Morgan, and it also wants to have its John Doe serial killer. Yeah. And they're they're like clashing for attention. So I'll I will circle back around to the bad guy because a couple of my other points will tie into it. Okay. So but get Andrew Devolve and fire the other guy. Yeah, because I don't I don't remember who played. I've Peter seen him Cowboy. in things. I don't know his name, but I've seen him in things. He was not good. He was there for a paycheck. All right, so this actually kind of ties into why I hired the director. My neck I have five main points. Uh, that was the first one. The second one uh, is the point I was saying is shots of weird shit doesn't equate to a scary story. <laughs> now, this this God. this um, I can't just pick on fear.com for that. It was in a time where that's where a lot of horror movies were doing where it's they, they think that I, I really think that the ring kind of kicked that off because the ring was like a bunch of like creepy and weird stuff happening in the tape. Yeah, but it made sense in the story of the ring. But I think that a lot of people saw that and saw, oh, man, that tape is creepy. What if we did stuff like that, like intermittently spliced into our horror movies and just 
whenever there's like a lull or something or whenever we want to get across to something scary have have like a shot of like a, a rotting a carcass on the road a little and then a, a shot of like a close-up shot of a sink dripping and it's just shaky and you know what i mean Almost better off splicing in images from an arcade zombie game. Oh, yeah. Oh, and who would do that? Um, would never do that one. No. So that's kind of why I said bring in Steve Beck for this thing. If okay. you are going to do that, at least ha- make it have some quality, which I think that his did a little bit better in like 13 Ghosts. Yeah, because each of the ghosts were so detailed in that movie. And would you have fear.com? All right, th- now this also ties into my third point. Point number three, either get rid of the little girl or have the curse be comprised of multiple spirits. That was okay. the th- that was one thing I did not get about that, was that the little girl died. No, no, she, the little girl grew up into a woman who died, right? I think she was like the, uh, the killer's first victim. And she was like a young adult woman at that time. Yeah. Why were we getting shots of this little girl? Why would she... Come Come back in the form of a little girl. I don't know. They never that, that kept confusing me. Like, all right, this back to the when little she was girl, innocent. The, the, uh, back when she was an innocent little anemic girl whose mother lets her play at the steel mill. That part pissed me off. She's like, yeah, she has anemic. She can't get cut at all, or she'll die. So but she plays at abandoned steel mills. I would what? say. Either get rid of the little girl subplot and just have this as like a haunted site or have the curse be comprised of multiple souls who have died as a result of the serial killer. That would make more sense. And again, you have 13 Ghost Guy right here. He can make some creepy looking ghost type stuff. Yes. Comprised of different souls that kind of do that. Because I didn't understand the little girl thing. So she's an angry soul. Who's killing people. Who's killing people except for the one person who killed her. Which apparently she had the power to do because she did it at the end. Yeah. So get rid of the the little girl thing because I could care less about her. Or make it just a haunted like website or make it I thought it was like the dark web like fear.com was the website that you went to in order to see these live killings yeah which would make it make more sense like if you were to go on it like redirects you to a different thing are you are you watching are you guilty of watching that would make it make more sense yeah all right so uh, fourth point, explain why the curse kills innocent people. Explain the curse better. Why is the curse, why is the curse, uh, targeting people who have nothing to do with her dying? Yeah, the way they explained it in the movie was just the detective yelling at the lady who should have never been on the case in the first place. Don't go to the website! Uh, don't go! So, explain the curse better. Like, we know the curse, if you watch it, you get, like, ringed to death. You die in yeah. the course of a couple of days. And explain what this curse is doing is it making you go insane is it that a because at certain points it looks like it's making you go insane and another point it makes it look like it's taking over things around you other points it's like driving you to kill you like explain explain this curse better what are the rules of this curse yes and explain why it's targeting the people that it's targeting like that german couple at the very beginning who killed themselves did they explain why like how they even got a hold of like this footage or where they like came across it how they came across website no they just like filming themselves watching it one day and it's like oh how'd you get that or the guy at the very beginning who just jumped in front of a train like yeah like where are all these supposed innocent people just coming across this snuff film yeah and five and probably arguably the most important why should i care 
<laughs> why, why? Why? There, there was no one in the movie that made me care about any. I don't. I don't care about the detective. He's just you know, you know your stereotypical gritty New York cop who's hasn't shaved in in days and wearing a leather jacket and like you know it's this one damn case that's always haunted me. You know, kind of yeah. thing. What was she? Uh, the what was her job again? She was a public safety something. What was she? She was from the Department of Health, I think. Yeah, it still stuck around for some reason. Yeah, once they figured out it wasn't the bubonic plague, uh, I think she was off the case, but she just stayed on. Yeah, like why? Like why are you still they never here? Explain that. Yeah, I don't care about the little girl because apparently she's not a little girl. She's actually a full-grown woman who's coming back in the form of a little girl. I really don't care about any of the victims. We don't know no. any of these people. You really don't. None of the people that die know anything about beforehand. And you know who I really don't give a shit about is the killer. No. <laughs> so. So, like, what was you, his name? Was it like Abister or something? No, like that? no clue. Couldn't tell you. Could could not tell you. Fucking trash. Again, I'm trying to count down like all the things you're willing to let slide in order to enjoy a good horror movie. Like we said, all right, it's a horror movie, but it doesn't have a lot of blood. Okay, fine. Well, if it doesn't have a lot of blood, maybe yeah. some creative kills will make up for it, and that'll be like a visual spectacle. This movie doesn't have that. I'm like, all right, well, maybe if it has some likable characters, boring protagonists and a god-awful antagonist. Yeah. And so at the very end, it was like, what are you really left with if you don't have anyone to root for a good story or, like, effects to back it up? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and get rid of the CG stuff, like... That's just my personal thing. I much prefer practical over anything, so... Yeah. Or at least don't lean in so much to it. See, yeah. see, all the things kind of intertwine together. Like, you need a good villain. Our <laughs> uh, uh, movie's only as good as its villains. Villain's bad. All right, well, what about the people pursuing them? They're boring, too. <laughs> so, so, yes. Now, now, do I think this will save the movie as a whole? I don't know. Maybe not, but I think it will be a much better experience. Yeah, much more I, watchful. I try to, with these things, I want to at least keep the core plot yeah because if we keep if we like deviate too much and uh, to the point where we're just making our own story then then it's like all right well you just pitched an entirely different movie yeah uh, you're not really saving it if it's a different movie you know what i mean so yeah but yeah all right so this again this was very much a test episode you know yeah. just to, just to see i liked it i kind of enjoyed uh i think doing... we should do another one you think we should do another one okay yeah. so do you want to switch and use uh save and i say yeah all right um did you I, have one in mind? I do, actually. Chris, mm -hmm. I want you to absolutely break my heart and sabotage my all-time favorite movie, Scream. Scream. Yeah. I kind of did at one point. When we did our rewrites, uh, re I think that you said you wanted me to make Halloween more like Scream because it was directed by Wes Craven. Yeah. Oh, all right. So I have to absolutely sabotage Scream? Yeah. Make it as unwatchful as possible. Okay. Easy. And you need to save one. You have a... Well, no, I was going to do that one, but then I was like, nah, because we kind of did that one. I would like you to save... Trying to go through our entire roster here. Of terrible movies we've watched. Uh, of terrible movies we've watched. Ooh, I, I have one for you. Okay. Uh, well, it's not necessarily a bad movie. It was just... All right. I was about to say, I want you to save The Girl Next Door. Oh, God. But... That one isn't necessarily a bad movie. It's just a tough watch. Yeah, it, it has to be that way for the story to sell, you know? Yeah, so it was just an unpleasant experience is all. Yeah. Oh, actually, 
I'm gonna do that. I'm just gonna yeah. bring up our uh, our list of stu- uh, episodes real quick. Okay, what do we got here? Actually, now these don't have to be ones that we've reviewed, do they? No. Okay, I'm gonna give you an undertaking because you've absolutely been very verbal about your utter disdain for this movie. But you have a you have an undertaking on your hand for a couple of reasons. But I would like you to save the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street with Jackie Earl Haley. Okay. You have to say now you have to keep the core thing that this is it's reboot. You have to have now. I'm I'm giving you some stipulations, or else you would just you would just be pitching uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Street. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first off, fire Jackie Earl Haley and get Robert England in here. Because I want you to do uh, one of the remakes. It was either going to be that or House of Wax. No, no. Since we're no, since we're doing, since I'm kind of like in a remake set of my uh, thing of mine right now, and you have to keep the main kind of plot. I want you to, I want you to save 2019's Black Christmas. 2019's Black Christmas. You hated it more than I did. I think I hated Hanukkah, the Hanukkah movie more than than that. But you have to keep the same plot. Yeah, even including like the old. That was so fucking terrible, dude. See, that's the genius of this thing. All right, I I need to give you a little bit of of uh, I'll give you a little bit of leeway. Okay. The only thing that you have to keep is the fact that the fraternity is involved somehow. Okay. But uh, but but you don't have to use the curse if you don't want to. But the fraternity has to be involved in some way, which was a big thing because the other Black Christmases didn't have like the fraternity thing going on. So okay. you have to keep uh, the time period is still the set, uh, the same thing. All right. Has to involve the uh, the fraternity. And lastly, and how about this? Since I'm giving you limitations, you can give me a limitation on trying to fix or, or trying to sabotage Scream. All right, no. Honestly, I just kind of want to keep it wide open for you to see how bad you could make it. Okay. Well, then that's the only stipulation is that uh, you can make your changes, but the fraternity still has to be involved uh, in a major okay. way. So you don't have to keep the curse, but the fraternity has to be involved. Okay. All right, Dave. Can you save Christmas? We're gonna find out. And can I ruin Scream? Um, that that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Sabotaging is way easier than saving. Oh, that definitely is. And like, all right, first off, Wes Craven, you're out of here. Who are we going to get to direct this thing? Uh, William Malone. William Malone. You come... <laughs> William Malone is going to be our new punching bag. Um, just... Another rule. William Malone can't be your director. You got to find someone else. All right. Th- this will be fun. Yeah. And uh, uh, for those of you all who care or who are still following us, first off, thanks again for all of you who follow us. Yeah, we and... really appreciate it. And if you like this, uh, let us know on Instagram. Reach out and tell us what you want us to sabotage or save if you enjoyed this. If not, uh, tell us how much we suck. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate any Having feedback. Having feedback is appreciated. <laughs> yeah, we might suck, but we love you anyway. Yeah. Until then, next episode should be coming out within a week or two. But in the meantime, I've been Chris Thomas, and with me, Broke Rider Dave. Have a good week, everybody. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Body Bag Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and leave us a comment as to what you'd like to hear us review or any horror movie topics you'd like to hear us rant and rave about. And while you're at it, you can find us on Twitter at Body Bag Pod and on Instagram at Body Bag Podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.